thank our band for being here. Every, I mean, I was thinking about that this morning. I was thinking about the time change and all that. But like, by the, by, by the time all said and done, y'all y'all are here about four hours every Sunday, and and we pay you all the big bucks. So don't ask them how much we pay them because it, they they would feel ashamed to tell you the the huge amount that we give them, which was basically the hand clap that you just gave. So. Um, but these are incredibly talented musicians and people who um, are using their gifts. And we just thank you and I love you guys. So, question. Have you ever felt abandoned? Have you ever felt abandoned? Um, where the, the one person you depended on um, wasn't there for you in your weakest, most vulnerable moment? You ever felt that? Uh, where uh, maybe it was a one-time deal, where someone just let you down, and there was this feeling of abandonment. Or maybe it was someone walked away from you, and you never laid eyes on them again. I mean, that kind of, that's like major abandonment, like, see you later. Or, or maybe you were young and, and vulnerable, and, and you just needed somebody in a moment to protect you, to stick up for you, and, and they didn't. Have you ever felt abandoned? I think, I think all of us in some way have, have felt abandoned before, whether it's the extreme example or, or, to the, or just, to, just a one-time moment. I think about how my, we had a grocery store in my town, my little town, Shawnee, Oklahoma, called Humpty Dumpty. And so uh, uh, I used to do this thing. I would play a trick on my dad, and I would know he was going to the store. I would hear him and my mom talking. She was getting the list ready for him. And so while they were doing that, I would go and hide in the back seat of his car. And I would duck down behind the seat, you know, when I was small enough to duck down behind the seat and not get noticed. And about halfway down the road, I'd go, ah, you know, and he'd be like, ah, and then beep. I can't say some of the words he would say. And, and uh, then we would get to Humpty Dumpty. He would laugh, and we would, you know, he would go about his shopping, and I would tag along or play the Star Wars game that was there. And... Um, and, well, one particular day, uh, one particular trip to the store, my dad forgot that I had hidden in the back seat and surprised him. Ah, and then as soon as we get to the store, he goes his way and I go mine. And, and next thing I know, I'm looking around, and, and my dad's like the world's fastest walker. Like as a kid, I'm having to like run a sprint to keep up with him. Um, long stride, man, you know. And um, so I'm thinking, he's got to be done by now. He's, he's got to be done. And he was nowhere to be found. He had forgotten that I had hidden in the car and gone to the store with him, and he was on his way back home. And in that moment, as like an eight-year-old kid, I felt abandoned. Now, I wasn't, you know, there was no emotional scarring. Um, I knew my way home. My grandma actually lived about three blocks down the way, so I was okay. You know, we'd probably call out the National Guard today if that were to happen with, you know, one of our eight-year-olds. But um, I was okay, but I just felt that, there was that feeling, that moment, I just felt forgotten. And of course, I start walking down the street, heading to my grandma's house, and it's kind of the main street, and I see my dad's car coming, and he pulls in, and he's, oh, he called me sissy. Oh, sissy, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I said, it's okay, dad, it's cool, you know. I don't know what I said. I'm, it's, it's okay, I mean, it really was, and we kind of laughed about it. But there was that moment. So I, we felt abandoned. And in this series called Red, what we're going to be doing from today leading up to Easter is we're going to be looking at some of the words that Jesus said, not just in general, not at some of the famous scenes we know at the Passover meal and some of those times when he's walking along or healing people. We're actually going to look at the words that he said while he was already on the cross. 
And for most of us, our paper Bibles have the words of Jesus in red. And that's why we're going to look at these today. And today what we're going to hear is we're going to hear Jesus asking God these words, Why have you abandoned me? You might have memorized it or heard it many times. Is Why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned your back on me? Why have you forgotten me? Why aren't you present? Matthew 27 is the passage where this is, these words are mentioned. And I'm going to start in verse 37 and kind of set this up because I think it's important for us to understand why did Jesus ask this question? Why did Jesus call out to God and say, why have you abandoned me? So we need to understand the background. And, and we know it. Most of us know it. We've grown up in church. We know it. But I'm going to ask you what I, I say often is, let's try and hear it with fresh ears this morning. Maybe look for something we haven't seen before or heard before. See if God might want to speak something new into something that we think we already know. That's what I tend to do. I already got this. Let's see if he'll speak something new. Here we go. I'm going to read from the message, which is a paraphrase. But I love the wording of it, so let's hear it together. After they had finished, these are the the soldiers, after they had finished nailing him to the cross and were waiting for him to die, They whiled away the time by throwing dice for his clothes. Above his head, they had posted the criminal charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. They were mocking him. They didn't believe he was a king. That's one of the reasons they were trying to hang him up is because he was claiming to be royalty, and no one else could do that. Along with him, they also crucified two criminals, one to his right and the other to his left. People passing along the road jeered, Shaking their heads in mock lament. So, I mean, this is what people did when when criminals were put up to be tortured. It was a public spectacle. And people would walk by and and yell out obscenities to those hanging. They They would, I don't know what kind of hand gestures they had back then, but there was probably some going on. Spitting. Disrespect, complete disrespect. This was going on. And, and this is what was being said to him. You bragged that you could tear down the temple and then rebuild it in three days. So show us your stuff. Save yourself. If you're really God's son, come down from that cross. The high priests, along with the religion scholars and leaders, were right there mixing it up with the rest of them. So they were in on this too. It wasn't just the, you know, the, the common people. Having, they were having a great time poking fun at him. They said this, He saved others, he can't save himself. King of Israel, is he? Then let him get down from that cross. We'll all become believers then. You hear the mocking? He was so sure of God. Well, let him rescue his son now, if he wants him. He did claim to be God's son, didn't he? Even the two criminals crucified next to him, they joined in the mockery. Talk about irony. Joining in, mocking someone that you're being tortured with. I mean, Scripture tells us very clearly what happened even prior to this, prior to him getting up on the cross. They beat him, they abused him severely. The lashes that he took, everyone says this historically, they say this, that the lashes that he took on his back, 39 of them, would have easily exposed the muscle and the tissue. Easily. The crown that they placed on his head was not some cutesy little thing and not some little little um, thorns that you and I might prick our finger on in the rose bush. They were big, they were strong, and it was on in such a way and smashed on there in such a way that blood was just streaming down his face. 
So you've got this going on and open wounds going on and the mocking, the jeering. This, this, is, this is what's happening to him. And then let's not forget how we get on the cross, the nails through the hands and the feet. This is what was going on with Jesus and not a word was uttered from his mouth. At no point has he said anything about abandonment yet. Keep, keep note of that. He's going through extreme physical um, torture and pain, and yet nothing, nothing yet. Nothing yet. And there he is, he's still hanging on the cross, and, and they were saying, you still trust God? You say, you know, where is he now? Where is this God of yours that you say you believe in? You know, because it's real easy to trust God when everything's great, but when you're hanging on a cross and you've been tortured and beaten and despised, when it's dark, listen, it goes on in verse 45. From noon until three, the whole earth was dark. It's almost as if God said, I can't even shine my sun on this. This is how bad this is. I've got to remove myself in such a way that I'm not even going to let the sun shine upon this. Around mid-afternoon, Jesus groaned out of the depths. See, he hasn't said anything yet. Nothing's come out of his mouth yet. And then finally, when God removes his presence, that's when he asks the question, crying loudly, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And in the Greek language, this, this word for crying loudly, actually what it means, it means he screamed. You would have heard his vocal cords raspy and, and, and not just in a beautiful, lovely, you know, like NPR voice that sounds rich and deep and awesome for a movie, you know. No, it would, he was screaming, my God, why have you abandoned me? And in this moment... The humanity of Jesus comes to it, its full epicenter. It's, it becomes so very real because he can handle the insults, he can handle the beatings, and he can handle the torture. I mean, you think about it, those guards, they would have these like huge signet rings, you know, think like a class ring, I guess, today, except not nice and round and smooth, but they'd be flat and sharp, and they were just pounding on him when they were beating him. They blindfold him. They're beating him before they put him on the cross. Oh, you're the son of God? Tell me who's hitting you right now. Bam, bam. He endured all this. All this abuse. But the moment that God withdrew his presence, that's when he said, why have you abandoned me? Why have you abandoned me? And the humanity comes alive. Why are you abandoning me? And he screams out the, the one question that almost all of us will ask at some point in our life. When it goes dark, when we don't understand, and we think that God has abandoned us. That he is absolutely nowhere to be found. You ever been there? And there's two things I want you to hear today and I want you to know today. When we come to that place in our life and we're like, God is nowhere. He is nowhere to be found. And the first one is this. God is for you. God is for you. Say, say that, except don't say you, say me. Say, God is for me. God is for me. We need to remember that. Say it again. God is for 
God is for me. Romans 8.31, New Living Translation, Paul writes this, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? I mean, just think about that. Think about how ridiculous that idea is that Paul is putting out there. It's really unbelievable when you think about it that the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the one who put the stars in the place, the sun, the moon, all the planets, the solar systems, everything that you and I, I mean, that God, creator God, is for you. He's for you. I mean, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and he, he's the great I am, these words we know of him, and he's for you. I mean, and if that's true, that, that, that the God that created everything is for you, then who and what circumstances could dare, dare cause us to believe that he's abandoned us? I mean, the all-powerful God, creator, is our advocate. He's on our side. He believes in us, which is a weird thing to think about because we talk a lot about believing in God. But to, to comprehend that he actually believes in you. He doesn't worship you, but he believes in you. He has a dream and a purpose that's beyond whatever confusion and whatever a feeling of, of being alone or lost or confused, whatever we might feel in certain moments in our life when we feel that he is nowhere. No. He is for you. He's for you. Here's another point I want you to hear, and it's this. Is he's not only for you, but he is with you. Say, God is with me. God is with me. Hebrews 13, 5. These are the words that we hear. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Never. Never. That's good. Never's a good word. We don't like to hear never sometimes, but in this regard, this is a good never. Never, never will I abandon you. Never will I fail you. No matter, no matter how alone we may feel, no matter how betrayed or abandoned we may have been by people or circumstances or situations, God promises that he is for us and that he is with us. So, so why, here's the question. I want, this is where I'm trying to, to get us to, this thought process, because so far I think you've heard stuff you've heard before. Why did God the Father then, who doesn't, abandon us, who says he's for us and with us, why then did he turn and why did he remove his presence from Jesus? And this is really what I want us to comprehend today. This is what I want you to walk out with and think about and talk about, pray about. God abandoned Jesus in that moment that we just read about so that he would never have to abandon you. Let that settle in on you. He abandoned Jesus in that moment so he would never have to abandon you. That's really good news, people. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. 
See, we deserved abandonment. We deserved his back to be turned on us, not for a few hours like it was with Jesus, but forever. God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So you start to think about things, and some things are pretty extreme, but then they can get, you know, you start to throw in words like, so things like murder and adultery and lust and lying and cheating and racism and hatred and bitterness and jealousy and pride and a whole bunch of other sins that you and I could throw in there that's existed in this world and in our lives. Those things, Jesus became those things. He became that sin in that moment, and God had to turn his back on that because God is so righteous he couldn't be in that. He had to turn away from that. He had to abandon Jesus in that. He took the abandonment that we deserve so that we would never have to be abandoned by God. Jesus took those things. He took the abandonment from God that we deserve. Now, I had this weird thought in my head, and I, I've, asked, I've asked the band to help with us, this at this service. Um, so you guys come up here if you would and just... Uh, Stand up on the stage, and I'm going to and stand on the front. And um, this is one of those things that if it doesn't work now, I won't do it at 11, but y'all are guinea pigs. <laughs> so just come along the front here if you would. I need, I need seven of you. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, Kelly, will you come up and help, ma'am? You're like, oh, I didn't know I was going to be on stage this morning. Great. Come right up here on this front section. I know you like to hide behind your instruments, but come on. Chase right here. Yeah. Or join her. There you go. Okay, just... Stand next to each other. Now, you got to act like you like each other, okay? And I want you to take the poster board I'm giving you and keep it to yourself until, until um, I, don't want the, I don't want the crowd to cheat either, okay? Oh, it might be upside down. That's okay. Okay. Maybe I'll have this more organized at the next service. We'll see. All right, so don't turn around yet. So we asked this question. Is my mic going to be okay if I get out of their way, Mitch? We'll find out. <laughs> that's, it, that's the look. I've learned to read his eyebrows. He's like, we'll find out. So we asked this question. You know, God, where are you? I feel abandoned. Where have you been? And so often we think this about God, or we know people that think this about God. Go ahead and turn it around. We think that God is, what's it say? Nowhere. We think this. God is nowhere. He's nowhere. It's dark. It's painful. It hurts. It's confusing. This does not make sense. This is not the plan. This is not what I thought it was going to be. When's it going to stop? Where's this God I've known since I was a little kid and I sang about and I did the flannel graph about and VBS? Where is this God? Where is this God? He's nowhere. He's nowhere. I can't find him. This is what you and I feel sometimes, right? We've been there. We know people that feel this and experience this. But what I just told you is the, is the, is the best news because Jesus took that abandonment. What you and I call abandonment is really, and I know you don't like to hear what I'm about to say, but what you and I call abandonment is really just called humanity and life because none of us were promised, promised perfection or things to be easy or things to always make sense. We weren't promised that. So when you and I use the word abandonment, really it's just talking about 
a Tuesday? Because the real abandonment happened when God turned his back on Jesus on the cross to turn his back on those things that he should have turned his back on for us. And the reason that you and I celebrate Easter is actually because of what happened at Christmas. And there's this word that we call Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Because once you you and your team go that way, about three steps. God isn't nowhere. Because of Jesus, he's now here. He's here. He took the abandonment we deserve so that God could be in relationship with us. He's not nowhere. He's now here. He's now here. So the next time you think you're confused and you're hurting, that's, that's real. That's not to, to discount that. But I want you to remember that God is for you and God is with you and he is now here because of Jesus Christ. And those are the words of Jesus in red. Yes, he was abandoned by God and now we know the answer why. So that he could be in relationship with you and me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that You have not abandoned us. You have never forsaken us. Lord, we thank you so much for the life of Jesus, for the death of Jesus, and for the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that in the hard times, in the difficult times, in the times that don't make sense, Lord, in our lives, that we would remember that you are for us, that we would remember that you are with us. And that we would remember that you are now here. And what comes out of that, Lord, is life and hope and promise and truth and the, and the strength to go another day when we think we can't. Your promises are good. Lord, I pray for those who feel weak in this season right now, whatever they're going through, that maybe they have felt abandoned, Lord. I pray that you have reminded them today that that they are not abandoned, but, but you still are concerned about where they are and that you are now here, so you want to meet them now here. Lord, I pray that you would give them strength. I pray that you would give them wisdom. I pray that you would, you would spring up hope inside of them, Lord. I pray that they would, they would uh, hold on to tightly your promises found in your word. That they would be strengthened by other believers, by this church. They would re- be reminded that they are certainly not alone. And God, for those of us that have felt those times of of abandonment and darkness, Father, I pray that we would praise you today for realizing and comprehending and living into the reality that you're, you're not nowhere, you're now here. And we're living in that truth, we're living in that promise, even though it might not be easy. 
Lord, we thank you for that reality that when nothing else made sense, God, when nothing else makes sense, we know that you are here with us because of your son, Jesus. We are not alone. We are not abandoned. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.